I pray for your wisdom, your strength, your ability to flow freely, O oh Lord. So this book reading be a blessing to somebody, whatever it is heard, O oh Lord. Let it be a blessing, encouragement, inspiration. In the name of Jesus, amen. How the Lord called me. Since the experience on that New Year Eve, my life indeed changed. I had no more desires to go to the movies or drive home my drunken stepfather on late Saturday nights. I devoted my time to reading the Bible that was given to me. It was a consistent and intense learning experience. What little I had learned in the school of Zaragoza, Coahuila, in Mexico, I put it to practice every day. My mother was happy for me. She knew what had happened to me because she herself had had such an experience when she was only 14 to 15 years old, and my father evangelized her before she married at 17. My stepfather had never been a Christian. He seemed to have a dislike for Christians, and now he had one in the house. He put a lot of pressure on me, gave me more assignment and responsibilities. At home, while at the same time I was doing the heavy work of a field hand, my mom will never interfere in the harsh treatment. He will continue to take me to whatever town we were in on Saturdays after work was done. In town, he will go to the nearest bar, and I walk the streets of that town looking and asking for a Christian Mexican church where I can come to the next day. At the end of October 1950, some ten months after becoming a Christian, we were working in the area of Lubbock, Texas, when suddenly we were returning to Warden, my stepfather's town of origin, and where my brothers lived. Immediately he found work harvesting pecans in the orchards on the west side of town. I was doing well, working for about two weeks, was happy that we were close to my brothers and about three blocks away from the church they attended and where I was saved. My brother Isaias had a job just across from where we were living at the time. My brother offered me to work for him in an ice cream plant, replacing him while he attended the church convention in San Antonio, Texas. I had never worked inside a plant. I always worked outside in the heat of summer and in the cold mornings in the fall while working in the west of Texas, in Arkansas, and Mississippi. The thought of working inside of a plant was exciting. I had told my mom that I will not go to work that day, a Monday, 
so that I could see about the work offered. <clears throat> I knew that I will be paid better and it will help in the house as my custom always was. I had the interview and everything seemed to have gone well. When I came back home from the interview at the plant, my mother was at the door and didn't let me in. She had put all my belongings in a small bag outside the door and told me to pick it up and go away, that I had no more home with her. It was at the age of 13 that this happened. I left the house shocked, sad, weeping, but not turning back and not knowing what I will do next. I crossed the railroad tracks and I thought of going back to my brother Isaias, whom I had just left some 10 to 15 minutes before. I was afraid and embarrassed of what had happened to me. As I walked, I decided that it was better for me to go to him and tell him in the best way I could that I had no more home, that my mother didn't want me anymore. When I told him what had happened in a broken voice, he hugged me. I think for the first time in my life that I can remember, and he told me not to worry, to go home where the brothers live in a rental house across town, where he will later come after work. My brother Josue and my sister Magdalena were in school. When my elder sister arrived from work and saw me, she asked me what I was doing in the house. I told her what had happened. She hugged me. And we cried together for a while. In the midst of her crying, she started to pray and praise God. And in the midst of her emotion, and before she finished praying, she told me, Manito, little brother, my prayers have been answered, she told me. Manito, now you're free. You can go to church whenever you want. And now you can go to school too. I thought about what she told me. I liked the idea of going to church. But I didn't like the idea of going to school because I had been embarrassed many times by teachers and students. I was 13 and some kids, Mexican kids, seven to eight years old, could speak, read, and write in English, and ask me things and laugh at me when I couldn't answer correctly to some of the questions, or when sometimes I would not answer at all, although I knew how to read in Spanish, and I was practicing every day. The other reason I didn't like school was because I was taller than most kids my age. I didn't like the comparisons made. So young and he knows. He's so big and doesn't know. After the year 1951 rolled in, 
I was doing what I had learned to do with my mother, work and help support the house. I worked in the fields with people of the church. When work was finished in the area of Wharton, a brother from church organized a group to follow the harvest south in the spring and summer and west in the fall to the area of Lubbock, Texas. My brother Josue and I teamed up and went together. I enjoy and I still treasure that experience. We had a great time with each other and with the people of the church. We work every day, Monday to Friday. Saturdays, we went to town to buy supplies for the week. And Sunday was a day for church. I felt so great and so liberated doing what I was doing. Work in the fall normally lasted about three months, from the middle of September to a week before Christmas. When we came back home for Christmas 1951, my sister was waiting, the church was waiting, the pastor of the church was waiting, everyone was waiting for the group that had gone west. Their return was so beautiful because everybody had money and was in a celebratory mood. I was looking forward to more of the same the following year. As the year 1952 came in, I started to be noticed by the people and church and youth of the church. I was asked and given a chance to participate in the Sunday school in sharing and teaching. With the youth, I began to help in theme preaching. What I now call theme preaching was this. The youth leader will select a topic from the Bible and choose three or four points or Bible verses to give the youth time to share their thoughts from the pulpit. We will do that every week in the youth services. The pastor, Daniel Espinosa, was the only pastor that I truly ever had. He was not highly educated. He could read with some difficulty. His speech was not with any eloquence. He was old, I believe about 70 years of age, maybe more. But two things he knew how to do well, and those were to pray and to persevere. I truly believe that my sister Sarah's prayer and Pastor Daniel Espinosa's prayer brought me to the kingdom and have kept me going ever since. I always rejoice when my sister Sarah, now about 79 years of age, tells me, Manito, I pray for you every day. Early in the month of January, I found a job that I really liked. It was in an Anglo-American-owned Mexican restaurant. I had the privilege of being the dishwasher and will every so often eat what at the time they called a Mexican plate. 
I do not think I ever ate in a restaurant before. To me, it was a great promotion from the cotton fields and field hand to an inside job in town. I came from a good old-fashioned cotton picker and field worker to a restaurant worker. The pay was good, the food was better, and the hours were adequate for the passion I had serving the Lord. Early in the year 1952, the news of the bigger churches in the area of Houston were about two evangelists who were mightily used by God. Both of them had come from California to preach revival campaigns. One was Mike Garza, a very charismatic and humorous evangelist. The other was short and very heavy set singing and teaching evangelist named Longino Moreno. My pastor, Daniel Espinosa, invited Longino Moreno to come for two weeks of revival. Everyone was praying for a great experience for the whole church. I also joined the prayer chain as a church prayed the week before the evangelist came. The practice of the evangelist and of the churches was that when an evangelist will come to a church, a family from the congregation will provide lodging and breakfast in their home. Lunch and dinner will be provided by different families. Many families participated in this practice. I took time out from my work and arranged the schedule to be able to be free most of the two weeks of the revival. When the evangelist found out that I knew how to drive, he tested me and liked it. I was almost 15 years of age and probably chose more than my true age. I became his driver. He did not like to drive and had difficulty driving because of his weight. He was a short and heavy set man. Before the end of the revival that brought so much blessing and joy to everyone, the evangelist announced that his next revival will be in Chicago, and he wanted me to travel with him to help him out in driving and reading. He told me that if I help him drive to Chicago, he will send me back in two weeks in a big red trailways bus. I spoke to my sister Sarah, who was a mother to me, and all thought she liked the idea of me going away on a mission of ministry. She did not want to let me go because I was her little brother and she was responsible for me. When I told her that I wanted to go and that it was for only two weeks, she relented. When I asked permission for two weeks at work, they told me that they could not guarantee me that I will have the job when I came back. A day after the end of the revival and of my first and of my fifteenth birthday, 
we left. When we arrived at the largest church of the Concilio in Chicago, Pastor Ephraim Sanchez received the evangelist. I was introduced as his assistant. The pastor had a large house in the building complex of the church and gave a room to the evangelist and one to me. This was the first time in my life that I had such a luxury. In the morning they called the evangelist and they served us breakfast. I had never such nice treatment in my life. The families who received us for lunch or dinner did everything for me as they did for the evangelist. People showed me they loved and cared for me. At the end of the revival, they made a party for the evangelist, and I was included as a guest. They gave the evangelist gifts and offerings. They also gave me gifts and offerings. Not as much as the evangelist, but they made me feel good. All the time I traveled with the evangelist Moreno, I always had a little money and lacked nothing. We stayed in Chicago for two weeks. From there we went to East Chicago and Gary, Indiana for two weeks and South Chicago for two weeks. From there we traveled to Ohio, Michigan and back to Illinois. The evangelist was preaching and, bring, and being used by God and I was there for the ride from Illinois we went to Nebraska, Colorado, New Mexico, and back to Texas, in which revivals were conducted in Austin, San Antonio, among many other cities. Time passed, and the evangelist never asked me if I wanted to go home, and I never asked him to send me back. We had a good relationship going on. By the time we arrived back to Houston, it was already the middle of November 1952, on time for the biennial convention of the Concilio. This year it was in Bethel Church, the mother church of the organization. I had traveled from late March to middle of November with the evangelist, and when we arrived back to Houston, he told me that the evangelistic trip had ended for me. From there, he was going back to Colorado and then to California. He left me in Houston at the house of an old and great preacher named Jacinto Soria, where we lodged before we departed to Chicago. When in late November, after the Concilio, convention. I went to Wharton looking for my brothers. I found out that no one was there. Pastor Daniel Espinosa informed me that everyone in my family and my uncle Salvador Soto and other prominent members of the church had gone following the crops all the way to the area of Phoenix, Arizona. Having no place to stay, I found lodging in the house of Reverend Jacinto Soria and his family, 
who lived close by Iglesia Jerusalén in Houston. Through the members of the church and Brother Soria's family, I quickly found work and was able to pay for my lodging and made a go. In early January, I found work in a soda company located near the junction of Harrisburg and Broadway Boulevards toward the South Houston area. With the security of a place to stay and a job that paid me well for my skills and my age, I was 15 years of age and I thought that I had it made. From about the 15th of December to the middle of January, I felt so uncomfortable I could not sleep well, and I was dreaming of my of me preaching. Up to this time, I had not experienced any desire to preach or to be involved in any kind of ministry. As far as I was concerned, I did what came easy to me and enjoyed myself in that long type of traveling experience, knowing towns and people. I had no ambitious or desire to keep doing what I had done those two ten months. But now I was concerned, and I saw myself in dreams doing something that I really did not want to do. As I started to think about it, I began to like it, felt emotional about it, and prayed to God for direction. By the middle or toward the end of January 1953, I gathered all my courage and went to visit the pastor of the church I was attending, who was also the presbyter of the area churches, Reverend Seferino Vasquez. I told him what I had been going through for almost a month. He told me that he believed God, God was calling me to preach. He advised me to go back to my home church and tell Pastor Espinosa what I had told him. The following week, I took the bus and traveled the 59 miles from Houston to Wharton and went straight to the pastor's house. He was so glad to see me for the second time since I had left almost a year ago. I had seen him at the convention in November, but I had not talked to him much. Immediately I told him my experience of how I felt. When he heard me telling him my experience, he started shouting praises to the Lord and saying in a loud voice, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know that I have been praying for this since he left. He assured me that God had a place for me as his servant in the ministry. I was just 15 years of age when all this was taking place. Soon, my brothers and sisters came back from Arizona, and since I had a job, my intention was to stay in Houston. Since I chair 
my feeling with my pastor, I had more peace of mind and went back to work. There, sometime in February or early March, I had an accident at work. Doing my work, I accidentally inflicted a bad cut in my right index finger and had to take time off. After I was sufficiently healed, I left Houston to be with my brothers. There, I began to teach a class in the Sunday school and sometimes preach in the youth services. With the guidance of my pastor, Daniel Espinosa, I went to talk to the presbyter about applying for credentials as a minister. The presbyter received me well and encouraged me. In the first or second Saturday of May, I was interviewed by a committee of ministers in Grossback, Texas, and was approved for credentials. Just over a week after the conference in Grossback, I was in the front yard of my house where we lived. There, under the shade of the trees, I was lying down reading my Bible when a car with three men stopped in front of the house. As they got off the car, someone shouted, We are looking for a young man named Aureliano Flores who wants to preach and be a pastor. I immediately stood up and said, I am Aureliano Flores. What can I do for you? The leader of them, Reverend Pedro Pais, told me they were coming from the Concilio headquarters in Brownsville, Texas, with orders from President Miguel Guillén to install me as pastor in a mission church in Pearland, Texas. About two days after, some members of the church drove me the 60 miles to Pearland, Texas. The Presbyter Reverend Seferino Vasquez was there and was waiting for me. He presented me to the church and preached to them, and he installed me as a pastor. I was 16 years of age. In over three years, 1950 to 1953, since I found a new life and began to find myself, I was assigned such a responsibility that I, who live it, found it incredible. The Lord nursed me, began the process of healing my hurts and emotions, and used me in the ministry. As I survey my life from, from where I am standing today to where I was in 1953, I give God the glory for all He has done for me and for putting me in the ministry. <laughs>